Hello, hello, hello from wherever and whenever you may be listening. This is another episode of The Rambler and the Gambler heading into week six. Dan? Kev? How was week five? Well, <laughs> I felt confident in my picks. However, the game is won and lost on the field, and the teams, so the bets. <laughs> the teams, the teams thought otherwise. But I did hit my parlay. Three and two on the year. Very excited about that. Other than that, not so much. And I'm watching the uh, Houston Astros continuously come back and beat the Rays, and they just have no answer for them. So we're going to see those cheating bastards back in the World Series, if I had to guess. But anyway, this is a football podcast, and there's many topics to discuss. So let's get to it. Yeah, let's head to, uh, start with the, obviously, biggest story takeaway from Week 5, which was uh, the Cowboys-Giants game. No, not the Giants actually showing up and putting up an effort, but that Dak Prescott, unfortunately, gruesomely broke his ankle, uh, fractured, surgery the same day, out for the rest of the season. Um, Dan, the way I look at it is the Cowboys have three options with Dak. Mm-hmm. Franchise tag him again, Oof. long-term deal, or let him walk. What are your thoughts? What do you think Cowboys will do? So, I mean, I have a lot of thoughts on this. Um, you, you, you heard that uh, Stephen Jones, Jerry's son, was uh, posting on social media that Dak's in our plans, or maybe it was Jerry, one of the two Joneses, um, said, oh, he's in our plans. It's like, yeah, okay, it's always nice to say that because he just broke his ankle like, you know, three hours ago. Um, but you could tell, I mean, you can tell that that team really respects Dak. You can tell that he's a hard worker in the locker room and, uh, the ownership loves him, but I wanted to touch on something and, you know, this is not Giants bias or anything. I listened to a lot of the reports from, you know, the major networks, ESPN, Fox News, and a lot of the, you know, the consensus was that they were all really upset because Dak didn't get his money. And this is the type of uh, thing that could potentially happen in the NFL because, you know, we're not playing uh, water polo here. So there's always the ev- there's always the event that he could be injured and it could be serious. And, I mean, in all seriousness, this could be career-threatening. I mean, it happened to Alex Smith, albeit he was 10. Different or- injury. I, I, I researched yeah. it. Yeah. Totally different injury. Okay. It's the same thing that uh, Gordon Hayward on the Celtics had. Yeah, but they said Alex Smith literally almost lost his leg. Yeah, he he had broken tibia, fibula, Dak has a fracture and broken ankle. Dislocated ankle, but I mean the bone was sticking out of his body, which said there was a much better chance of infection. But nothing, not the same thing Alex Smith said. Okay. Thankfully. Yes, my God. We'll get to him later. So anyway, here's my take on that. All All these commentators from other sports networks saying, oh, Dak, you know, he should have got his money, the Cowboys should have paid him this and that, he deserves it, he deserves... First of all, deserve my ass, Okay. You get paid in the NFL, or at least you should. Certain teams don't follow this, and I'll get to that. Get paid on results. Okay, Kevin, you and me, we're both married, our wives, all of our family. We're all not going to see the $31.4 million that Dak is making for one year. I mean, let's just do that. He's literally making $2 million a game, essentially, to go out there and play football for the Dallas Cowboys, okay? So the guy's making $31 million this year, okay? He made $4.9 million in his first four years, rookie contract. You know, he, he held out. The Cowboys offered Dak $34.5 million a year for, I think it was four years or so, with $100 million guaranteed. And Dak said no. Let's just think about the audacity of Dak Prescott right now, okay? Let's talk about the top 
five, six, seven paid quarterbacks in the league. Number one, Patty Mahomes, $45 million. Super Bowl MVP, one on already won an MVP. And how old does he have? 24? Maybe 25? Okay. He's worth it. Number two, you got the Deshaun Watson, 39. He was a 12th overall pick. Dak was a third or fourth rounder. I mean, the Texans aren't a really great franchise. You know, some people make bad decisions. I'm going to let that one slide a little bit. Number three, Russell Wilson, $35 million. The guy's been to two Super Bowls, has won one, and honestly, in my opinion, should have won an MVP last year if Lamar didn't start going crazy at the end of the year. And this year, he's on pace to Number four, Ben Roethlisberger, $34 million, has been to three Super Bowls, has won two, you know, despite the fact that he's 36 years old, worth it. And number five, Jared Goff, Rams, again, kind of a bad decision, $33.5 million. Also $33.5 million, Aaron Rodgers on the Packers, two-time MVP of the league, Super Bowl champion. And then you got Kirk Cousins, 33, Carson Wentz, 32. So I get it. But the audacity that Dak thinks he's worth more than $34.5 million when the Cowboys said, we'll give you $100 million guaranteed, and he said no, he thinks he can get more. Dak, you're 1-2 and two in the playoffs. How in the earth do you think that you're worth more than Ben Roethlisberger, Russell Wilson? Uh, I mean, come on. Come back to earth, Dak. I mean, Kev, your thoughts. I think it gets a little complicated with the quarterback market because what you tend to see happen is, excuse me, whoever the latest guy to get paid is, quote-unquote, resets the market. So, I won't say every quarterback, right? But, like, if if you're good, and I would say Dak's good. Dak's not great. Dak's good. You come out and you get, you're now the highest-paid quarterback until the next guy's up to get paid. And perfect example of what you just did was, um, I don't know about Ben, but I remember Aaron Rodgers got an extension a few years ago. I remember Russell Wilson got one uh, a year or two ago. And then, obviously, Mahomes and Deshaun were this year. And I think, and I don't know, I think part of the reason that Dak held out is because he was waiting for the Mahomes and the Watson contracts to, quote-unquote, reset the market, right? So, if Mahomes... And, Obviously, Mahomes, at this point, is the top guy, right? But he's not going to get paid more than either of those guys. Right, but now the average quarterback rate is higher because, you know, uh, what's that saying? A rising tide raises all ships or whatever, however that goes. So he's the next guy... but even number 10, Matt Ryan, $30 million. The guy won an MVP and went to a Super Bowl if it wasn't for Kyle Shanahan's horrible coaching and Dan Quinn, which we'll get to also. Yeah, so but it's, it's like, who does Dak think he is is what I'm thinking of. And everyone's like, he should have got his money. It's like he's going to make $31 million. If he never plays another down in the NFL, he's still going to have plenty of money to invest to send his kids to college, send his grandkids. Like, I don't want to sit here and hear like, well, he should have got his money. He should have got his money. He should have nothing. The Cowboys gave him an offer he turned it down because i think he thinks he's better yeah or agents could be telling him, no no hold out well hold out. i mean they're all scumbags too though yeah so i agree i mean dak was probably trying to get a higher amount because in five years when all these other guys get their contracts he's going to be undervalued so 
uh, I totally get your point, and I agree that Dak should have taken the money because re- really, like, wh- where are you going? Mm-hmm. And yes, other teams would obviously sign him. It's not like he would go unsigned, but he. I lost my train of thought. Oh, he was trying to get more money now because obviously, as more guys get paid, everyone's going to get paid more, and then. I know it sounds crazy now if he's a top five, top three paid quarterback, but in five years, he'll probably be out of the top ten. I'd be curious to know when Matt Ryan got his $30 million deal, because if it was four or five years ago, it was they probably extended him after the Super Bowl run, right? After mm-hmm. the MVP. You would think it, so. It was probably... But Kev, that's earned. It was probably... That's uh, earned. Right. Look, there's not enough quarterbacks out there, so you got to either start... Overpay? Not everyone's as lucky as the Packers or the Colts before Andrew Luck retired. Yeah, I mean, to have that, and that one year the Colts didn't have either, who was it, Curtis Painter, touchdown Jesus? Yeah, 2-14. and 14. Yeah, so, I, I mean, remember. it's not that easy, and obviously you can look at franchises like the Jets, okay. who haven't had a quarterback since Joe Namath. Let- I don't know if the Giants have found their guy after 15 years Eli Manning. Was Eli Manning an MVP? No. Was he a Hall of Famer? I don't think so, but he probably will be. But at least he was good enough to know what you're getting every Sunday. So that's why you commit to the guy, because when you're in that search over and over and over again, you're never going to win, and it's going to be frustrating. Let me bring something else to your attention, and I'll get your point on this. So let's say that he did take $34 or $35 million. For four years? Yeah, sure. For four, for ten. You're saying whatever whatever. Dallas offered him is what it is. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Let me get to my point. This is not Major League Baseball, and these are not the Yankees, despite the fact that the Cowboys probably have as much, if not more, money than the Yankees. There's this thing called a salary cap. So if you're paying your quarterback that much, I mean, listen, Dak's not the type of guy where if he's down 14 or 21 points, he's going to be able to like rally the entire team again. He's got to have Zeke behind him running the ball. He's got to have that big O-line with Tyron Smith. He's got to have... The defense, which I don't know where they went this season. I mean, because if the Giants are throwing up 34 points on you, that's just another whole story. But he's really handicapping the team because, you know, Amari Cooper's got to get paid. They got CeeDee Lamb, who's a great talent. To give that guy two years, he's going to want, you know, Julio Jones-type money. I mean, just think about it. You're really handicapping your team. And I don't care as a Giants fan, you know what? Pay Dak $50 million a year so you got nobody else and you guys can continue to go 5-11 and 11 and 8-8 eight and eight and whatever else and never make the playoffs. But I just, you know, listening to all the commentators talk about how he deserved it and, oh, I'm mad he didn't get his money. The Dallas Cowboys gave him an opportunity to take his money and he thought he was better than he was and this is what happened. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, and he's still going to get the rest of his current contract. Right, and, for and, sitting in a hospital bed. And even if even if Dallas doesn't uh, re-sign him, someone else will. Okay. Um, There's a guy on Tulane named Kevin Henry who had two tackles. Oh, I was wondering what the hell you were pointing at. I was at. pointing at the screen and you were super excited. Anyway, that's all I have to say about that. Uh, I'm really pissed off that the Giants couldn't hold that lead that they had because, you know, they're the Giants and they just implode. Uh, you know, but it was an emotional second half for the Cowboys. They won it for Dak. Your thoughts on Andy Dalton moving forward? Yes, no? I think they'll be fine. I mean, honestly, I don't see that much of a difference between Dak and Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton was a starter in the league for eight, nine years, and since he went to the, went to the playoffs, what, five? Super Bowl. Yeah, hold on. Went to the, went to the playoffs, what, 
five times maybe. Granted, I don't think he got out of the first round at all. But he never did. But yeah, I mean, but but still, it's like to make okay. The playoffs that many times in the AFC North where you got Baltimore and Pittsburgh. Yeah, all those years. exactly. Yeah, exactly. So and you know, speaking of quarterbacks and finding a quarterback, Andy Dalton, not going to be in the Hall of Fame, but good enough, good enough to get you to the playoffs. He's probably one of the better backup quarterbacks in the league. Probably the best thing they've had since Boomer Sison in Cincinnati. Yeah. So that's why I'm saying... Well, now they've got Joe Burrow, so let's hold on. Well, that's why I'm saying these... Back to my point earlier, this is why I'm saying these teams commit to these guys, because, you know, sometimes... Uh, I'm coming up with another cliche here. The devil you know is better than the devil you don't, or something like that, where... Hey, You've been looking at a lot of these things lately, huh? Cliche police over here. <laughs> but uh, Is this because you play Sudoku? Is it all in the same section of the paper? No. Not in the least? Sudoku's numbers. Yes, I understand what Sudoku is. I just don't know how to play it. All right, anyway. <laughs> back to stuff that relates to the, the podcast. Uh, yeah, I feel so bad. Sometimes that... I feel like the you stick with your quarterback because that's the most important position, and if you have someone that's good... And can be better. And just one other point on Dak. You're saying that he limits the team. The The point here is to be... I'll use Russell Wilson as an example, right? He was the complementary piece to the teams that won the Super Bowl. The team that won the one Super Bowl. Should have won two. And had all that success. It was all about Marshawn Lynch and Beast Mode and the Legion of Boom and Pete Carroll's defense and the pass rush with Michael Bennett and mm-hmm. all these other guys. And then Russell was just kind of out there doing his thing. Now Russell got paid, but now Russell is earning that money by making everyone else around him better, which is what I assume they're hoping uh, Dak will do in the long term, which is why they commit to him now, because like I said, it will be a bargain to a degree for the quarterback position down the road. Do I think Dak can get much better? I don't know. We talk. I feel like we talk about this every week now, where... Quarterback is so much about situation, and he came into a great one with, you know, lights out running back, great O-line. I mean, what what more could you possibly want from a quarterback position versus these guys that come into, you know, I'll use Sam Darnold as an example. Uh, probably the number one prospect out of the 2018 draft. I remember it was a lot of him or Josh Rosen or maybe Baker Mayfield. Josh Allen was kind of an afterthought, and Lamar's like, maybe we'll get drafted in the first round. And now you look at 2018, and... Lamar Jackson is hands down yeah, of the course. best quarterback of that group who, uh, ironically enough, got drafted last. So, they showed the Russell Wilson class the other day. Russell Wilson went 76th overall. And there was a lot of other guys in that that if I mentioned their names, you would remember. Russell However, Wilson, I can't remember their names. Russell Wilson wasn't way. even supposed to start because they signed Matt Flynn off of a Week 17 blowout for the Packers. I remember that game. To a four-year deal for millions of dollars and then... Russell Wilson came in like we're we're starting this guy and I'm sure the GM's like what I just signed Matt uh, Matt Flynn to whatever and, yeah off a one week seventeen performance and where's Matt Flynn exactly he's cooking burgers anyway so all right so overall I don't think uh, I, you you're know, not feeling sorry for Dak no he made a I mean I feel sorry that the guy got injured I yes. never want to see anybody get injured because yes. I mean you know like you said it could be the end of his career but if it is the end of his career. He's got $31 million plus the five he made in the first couple seasons, and he was the Dallas Cowboys quarterback, and I'm sure he's got a lot of He's doing Campbell Chunky Soup. Yeah, he's got endorsements. Like, I'm sorry. Like, don't come at me with all this deserves or should have gotten paid because Dallas gave him an offer, and he said no. That's all I'm getting at with this. Anything about the game? 
I mean, Kev, I could spend another 10 minutes, like, lambasting the New York football giants. They are garbage. Joe Judge is not the answer. Danny Dimes is not the answer. Tanking for Trevor started here week six. Rambler and gambler. Yeah, I just never seen a guy get called for a a penalty on a legal formation because he didn't squat his ass down far enough on that fake field goal touchdown, which ended up being a regular field goal, which was obviously four points, and we lost by three. So, yep. There was a bunch of other mistakes, but that one, in all my years of watching football, I've never seen an illegal formation because a guy didn't squat down low enough. And You said that guy was a former cowboy, right? Maybe yeah, he had an ear button in his thing, and Jerry's like, don't squat down here, boy. Don't squat down, buddy. Even and, if you said that, do you think the rest of you would pick it up? <laughs> Only for the Giants. I mean, think about that. And then Jason Garrett shows back up in the building where he coached for eight or nine years, and Dak blows his knee out when Logan Ryan, who was a former Titan, comes in and breaks it. So, I mean, there's a lot of funky stuff going on in that game. All right. Let's move on from the the Giants before I get upset. Okay. We know what they are, and more so what they're not. Yep. All right, let's get through some other headlines before we get into uh, week six here. Yep. Uh, Atlanta moved on from uh, both GM and coach, and Dan, you were right. I think last week, we'd have to go back and check the audio, uh, you said that Dan Quinn should be the next coach fired. I did. Sure enough, you got it, bro. Yep. I mean, listen, 0-5 wasn't enough to uh, get Adam Gase canned, but Arthur Blank finally got sick of writing uh, checks to somebody who was not producing, and, you know, I mean, listen, Dan Quinn had a nice run, you know, I, I hadn't heard of him much prior to him becoming the head coach of Atlanta, and now... Uh, Legion of Boom, that's why I got the job. He was the D coordinator? Okay, well, again, Adam Gase got the his head coaching jobs because he was Peyton Manning's offensive coordinator. So maybe it wasn't the scheme. Maybe it was the actual players and the talent. So, I mean, listen, Dan Quinn should have been gone. Dan Quinn should have been gone after he blew the Super Bowl. But, mm-hmm. of course, you can't do that. The GM also went down as your... Yeah, Thomas Dimitrov. Yeah. He's been there for longer than Quinn has, though, I think. I think he was there for about 13 years. Yeah, it's... Uh... I don't know. I don't know what the Falcons should do because they're kind of in that 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 stage where the Giants were a couple of years ago with Eli, where Matt Ryan doesn't look so hot. Well, I haven't watched enough Falcon games closely, but um, well, they blew that game in uh, Dallas when the stupid they didn't know the rules. Yeah, it's like you're gonna get a. I would say probably a top five pick. I mean, unless they go on some crazy run like they did last year, and I don't know if they should reset or try to rebuild with what they have. I don't know, but uh, I'm not a Falcons fan. I'm not overly concerned about it, and uh, I'm sure Dan Quinn will pop up as a D coordinator somewhere else. Let's get on to the next topic. Okay, I got you. Uh, the Raiders beat the Chiefs. I thought this was shocking. The Chiefs had pretty much owned the Raiders in the Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid era. And, uh, you know, I, I I always thought the Raiders' offense was kind of a uh, dink and dunk surprise with uh, David Carr. And they're up there chucking it and scoring 40 points, and the Chiefs couldn't keep up. Do you think this is a bigger story for the Chiefs or the Raiders? I mean, I think it's a bigger story for the Raiders because at the end of the day, the Chiefs are going to be in the AFC Championship game, and the Raiders will be lucky if they get a playoff spot. Uh, it was a nice... So you think this was a fluke? Yeah, I mean, listen, Can the, the, Kev, the, Kev, Kev, the Anthony Lynn-coached Chargers almost beat the Chiefs earlier this year. So I think, listen, I, I do believe this. 
I feel like out of the NFL, there's a lot of guys who are in the NFL to make money and to have the life that the NFL provides them. And then I feel like there's a lot of guys in the there's not a lot of guys, there's other guys in the NFL who are out for legacy and how good they can be. And you know what? Tom Brady's one of those guys. As much as I, you know, I'm not a huge fan of Tom, he wants to be known as the best. There's a lot of these guys who are just happy making their two and three million dollars a year, and they just won a Super Bowl ring last year. So it's hard to get motivated to continuously do that. Who was the last team to win back-to-back Super Bowls? Was it the Cowboys in the nineties? Patriots. Oh well, duh. What am I thinking? Duh. Anyway, should, should have been the Seahawks. So yes, Tom Brady. Um, so I mean, listen. Was I surprised? Yes, but listen, there's going to be one of those games during the season. Did you actually think that the Chiefs were going to go 16-0? and No. Okay, but you thought that the team that may have beaten them would have been somebody like Baltimore, right? But in the Chiefs' mind, they're going into that locker room playing Baltimore saying, these are the guys who are, the, who are really going to be trying to come after us. These are the guys who were the number one seed in the AFC last year. These are the guys that we got to prep up for. They see the Raiders and the Chargers twice a year, every year. So they're not thinking about them the same way they're thinking about uh, Baltimore. So am I surprised? Yeah, I mean, look, I'm sure the uh, I'm sure they were probably plus three fifty or plus four hundred to beat the Chiefs. Um, but am I surprised? Uh, you know, do I think there's any sense of concern in Kansas City like this is going to be like the first of two or three in a row? Absolutely not. I think they pay potentially overlooked them or didn't game plan for them. And uh, you know, maybe John Gruden had them guys in a locker room saying, "Hey, man, listen, we're two and two. We got the defending champs. We better get in there and do something." And they came out and played. Do you think the Raiders make the playoffs? At a if a wild card at best. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, well, you said the Chiefs could be in the AFC Championship game, so clearly you don't have the Raiders winning the of division. Of course not. Despite the fact that they're only one game back. Yeah. Um, you see the Raiders as a wild card team. All right. So I mean, I have to run through this: Baltimore, Chiefs. You did not give them out last week as your wild card team. Yeah, I mean, you know what the problem is? Derek Carr is so touch and go. It really depends. I'm gonna say this. I'm gonna say probably no. I'm gonna say no. Hmm. Interesting. Thank you. I try to be interesting on the pod. Okay. All right. Moving on. Moving on. Le'Veon Bell is now on the Chiefs. Holy horseshit! Honestly, this guy was like one of the best running backs in the league two years ago. Then he held himself out because he wanted to get paid, and then Steelers were like, nah, we don't want to pay you. So where does he go? He goes to the Jets. And then he realized that the grass is not always greener on the team that is big green. And, uh, I mean, he was like garbage, right? Well, I mean, the Jets' offensive line was garbage. 74 yards in two games. The Jeffs organization was garbage. They they just don't know what they're doing. Woody's got a whole bunch of money sitting up there in the booth drinking his Mai Tais. But I don't think he really knows what he's doing. I mean, he hired Adam Gase. He might as well have just hired Peyton Manning. Do you have proof that Woody Johnson drinks Mai Tais? I do not. I'm just kind of, you know, making an assumption here. I don't know. He just seems kind of like a Mai Tai guy. Fair enough. Um, Do you think Le'Veon Bell... Works out on the Chiefs? Do you think he's like LaShawn McCoy last year where he's kind of on the team and just hanging out? Yeah, I, I mean, mean, obviously they, they drafted Clyde over Tolaire. I mean, I'm trying to get into this. What, I'm trying what to do we think uh, Le'Veon Bell will do in this Andy Reid system? I'm trying to get into the mind of Andy Reid. I mean, Andy Reid brought LaShawn McCoy out to be a Chief when he was on the Eagles for all those years and Andy was the coach. I don't know. I feel like Andy Reid is a great judge of talent. Um, and, you know, obviously he saw something in Patrick Mahomes that nobody else saw at the 10th overall pick. 
So now he's uh, having this guy who was one of the best rushers and receivers in the league out of the backfield uh, two, three years ago. And then, you know, like I said, Kev, I really believe that when you go to a team that is historically great and runs a good system, you, who may be an average player, look better than if you're an outstanding player, i.e. Le'Veon Bell, going to a terrible situation with a bad offensive line, bad coaching, and a terrible ownership. You're a product of your environment when you are in the NFL. I don't care. I mean, listen, Patrick Mahomes, great player, but he's got Andy Reid, great mindset. He's got Travis Kelsey, top yeah, you two talk tight about, end. You want to talk about situation. Exactly. I mean, like, think about this. You know, I, I, he took, he I took over almost, a starting job of a 12 and 14. Right. I would almost like to throw some of these guys on other teams. Like, if we could play quarterback swap, maybe this is an idea for future pods. We should play quarterback swap, and then we should see what you think the record of that team would be with that quarterback. Keep that in the back of your head for next week. But all I'm saying is I think Le'Veon Bell will work out. I don't think he's going to get nearly as much touches as he did when he was the primary in Pittsburgh because they do have 22-year-old fresh legs, strong as an ox, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, to do uh, a lot of the running and out of do the backfield. Do you have proof that he's strong as an ox? <laughs> I mean, dude, have you seen the guy? He's like five foot eight. His legs are like tree trunks. They look like Saquon legs. I'm more concerned. I'm more uh, curious about the Mai Tais in uh, MetLife Stadium. Yeah, I mean, but... well, listen, have you been there lately? No, because nobody has. <laughs> Anyway, so I think Le'Veon will be fine. I think Andy Reid's going to have a place for him. I think he's probably game-planning with Mahomes and the offensive coordinator about how they're going to use him. And I think this is going to reinvigorate um, Le'Veon Bell's career. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Clyde Rotelier is there, but I don't really know who else is on there. So, you know, the most successful teams running the football. Like well, they the, got Williams, that 31 Williams guy. They got LaShawn McCoy. Yeah, it's not Damian Williams. running backs they need. It's not Damian Williams, it's Daryl Williams. So uh, I, That's why I said that Damian Williams, Williams guy. <laughs> Damian Williams opted out. LaShawn McCoy's in Tampa. I mean, uh, running back depth is good to have, especially later in the year. Mm-hmm. Moving on. You're kind of on fire over here, but this is a topic that I want to talk about. All right, so set it up. You want me to introduce it for you, and then you can take No, I want you to answer my question without a rant, and then I will take over from there. Can we do that? Can we try that? Uh, 50-50, sure. So the Seahawks-Vikings game. Yes. It was fourth and one on the Seahawks six. Yep. The Vikings are up 26-21. Yes. They went for it. They didn't get it. Russell came down, scored a touchdown, and then Vikings lost. With no timeouts left. Yeah, so I get it. Hindsight's always twenty twenty. It's really easy for me to sit here and question the coaches. What would you have done? I don't... What would you have done? Okay. Um, if you're Mike Zimmer. Not... I'll give in, you... In this exact situation. This will be less than a 30-second answer. Yes. Oh. Based on the way that I gamble and the fact that FanDuel gives out you the cash out early options, I would have taken the field goal and gone up by eight. Because at the absolute worst, Russell Wilson is still going to come down and they're going to lead you to, to touchdown and they're going to get the two-point conversion. And at that point, you're at least still in the game and there's the opportunity for overtime. If you go for it on fourth down and you don't get it, Russ, all he has to do is come down. He doesn't even need to kick the extra point. He can just go in and score the touchdown, and that'll be the end of it. Because they did go for two and didn't get it. So, I'm all about glass half full. Take the points, take the points, take the points. Me too. And I think 
I am more conservative when it comes to these things in old school as opposed to all the analytics people and all the math people that say, well, there's a 68% chance you make it on fourth and one. I don't know what the hell the numbers are. But first of all, they're on their back of running back, if that means anything. And I'm always saying take the points. And you stole my exact point where you kick the field goal, you're up eight. And then everything for the Seahawks has to go right to get to overtime. You don't even lose the game. With no timeouts left. Yeah. It's not like they're up three and then they kick a field goal to go up six. That I get. That would kind of be stupid because either way... Mm-hmm. Well, I guess a touchdown versus field goal. But regardless, I would understand that a little bit more. This makes no sense to me to go up eight. And... Mike Zimmer goes back to coaching. Mike Zimmer is a good coach, but... That's a bad decision. I agree. Whether they got it or not, still, I'm still taking There were so many examples from this weekend, and I feel like this has kind of been piling up about the analytics in football and going for two. And let me give you a few examples. Please do. First of all, just a, a generic thing before I give you specific examples. The teams that are down for 14, that are down 14 and then go for two when they score a touchdown, just... Is I'm speechless, and I get the analytics, because you're supposed to make the two-point conversion 50% of the time. So if you make it on your first time, now you're only down six, and then you can go over the extra point the next time and win. But if you miss it the first time, you're still only down eight. I understand the analytics for all the math people out there. It's stupid. It's stupid. Why take that chance when you can just tie the game? Obviously, every situation is a little different, right? If you have a really crappy defense, if your team's 0-5 and you have nothing to play for, or if you don't trust your defense to hold them, even if you do tie the game, okay. But just doing that in general is like the first thing where I always just scratch my head when I watch Red Zone. So let me talk about a couple examples from this past weekend. The Eagles were down 31-14 to the Steelers, and they scored and went for two. So now they're down 31-22. So you're down... Nine. Nine. That's still two scores. Mm-hmm. Why take the chance? Because and now I, I, a touchdown I, and a field goal wins the game as opposed to a touchdown and a field goal tying. Right. So then later in the game, Mr. Doug Peterson, Mr. Gambler, Mr. Fourth and One Philly Special, lined up a field goal from 57 yards on fourth and four. What do the numbers say there? What's, what's a better chance, a 57-yard field goal or a fourth and four? What would you do? This is for the lead now, because at this point it's 31-29. I mean, it really depends on your kicker, and I know how much you love kickers, Kev, so maybe you want to elaborate on this a little. Honestly, a 57-yard field goal, I'm going to say that there are probably five kickers in the league who are going to make that with somewhat regularity, and the rest of them are kind of 50-50. Right, and Jake Elliott's one of the guys at 50-50, and he missed it, and then four plays later, the Steelers go score... It's 38-29. Fucked my bet. Yep. I don't understand. Like, you're going to do the analytic move and go for two when you're down 17. When it's it's a three-score game when you're down 17, no matter how many times you convert the two-point conversion. Yeah. But now, when it's fourth and four, you're going to kick a, a field goal from, you know, halfway back to Philadelphia. I mean, Let listen, me give you a second. Oh, real quick. 
you're a hero when it works out correct and a donkey when it doesn't. And I mean, it's easy to second guess, like you said, but you should stick with your theory and your philosophy in all situations and continue that every time. Right, and I'm saying this kind of is contradictory. Because mm-hmm. if you look at 50-yard field goals this year in the league, they're about 50-50. 57-yard field goals, I'd say a, a, little, I was gonna say a, a little bit lower. Yeah. Another example, another thing I hate is chasing points. And I'll give you an example. The Titans-Bills game Tuesday night. Mm-hmm. It was 28-10 Titans. Right. The Bills score a touchdown, so that makes it 28-16. Which is where they stopped. Right, and they went for two. Would you go for two there to cut it to ten? Depends how much time is left. Um, most likely no, because honestly... Honestly? Well, he, he, here's the thing. I feel... Why don't you tell me how much time was left when the Bills made it 28-16? to 16? Okay. While I'm looking that up, I feel like it really depends on... The situation. It really depends on how much time is left. In this situation, it was the fourth quarter. There was 10 minutes left, and it was 28-16. I don't know how many timeouts they had at that point. doesn't matter. Here's my point. (laughs) What do you want to do? You want to keep it a two-score game, right? Buffalo was favored by three. That was a whooping. Yeah. It's it's an effed up week from COVID (laughs) and everything else. Yep. You want to keep it close. You want to keep it close, right? So if you kick the extra point, you're down 11, mm-hmm. which is still a two-point conversion, touch, touchdown, two-point conversion, and a field goal. Right. Right? Now you miss the two-point conversion. Now yes. you're down 12. Now you need two touchdowns. Why are you chasing points that early? If the Titans score another touchdown, guess what? The game's over because you're already in the fourth quarter. There's two minutes left. If they go up right. 35-16, 35-17, or 35-18, breaking news, Buffalo, you're fucked. So think about this from a procrastination standpoint. Procrastination? Yes, think about this. That was me in high school. Go I ahead. know, I know, which is why I'm bringing it up. So. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, jerk. So, so if they do go for it and they do get it, let's say it's the second quarter. Forget it. Forget Forget the time. Let's say it's the second quarter and it's 28 to uh, 16. And you're like, yeah, screw it. Let me do a 28-18. I mean, it all it all depends. I saw, second quarter is stupid because there, there's going to be more scoring. If they no, put, I know, I know, I know. If they got I know 28 points in the second quarter, they're going to score. But again. listen, but, but you never know how much more scoring there's going to be. And the, the theory behind it probably is if you had it at that, if you had the points already at that point, then you wouldn't have to be going for two and struggle and be down to. I mean, I feel like I feel like a lot of times the narrative has shifted from. Go for the extra point until it's the end of the game and you're within striking distance. And then if you're down by eight and you have to go for two, that's your opportunity. But the analytics guys are starting to sit here and say, fuck that. Why don't you try going for it in the first, second, and third quarter? So if it comes down to a situation where you need to have that, you already did it earlier on. And, you know, I mean, what do they say? It's 50-50 that that you're going to get it. I mean, I can't. I'm just telling you why they say that. I'm not saying it's right or wrong. Well, what do you think? I know why they do it. I understand the analytics behind it. I said that earlier. Let me just go back to the Bills-Titans game. I'm all about getting the points when you can get the points. Yeah, so let, I'm, I'm old school. Yeah, me too. Let, let me go back to the Titans game for a second. So if it's 28-17, like I said, if they score a touchdown, the game's over. Right? 35-17 in the fourth quarter. Unless it's that Cowboys-Falcons game, which happens once every 20 years. 
it ain't gonna happen for you. If you if you hold them to a field goal and you don't go for two, it's thirty one seventeen and you're still down two touchdowns. Like I don't understand. Like I I don't know if there's. You know, I feel like analytics has ruined baseball. That's a totally separate topic. Analytics has ruined sports. I feel like... Are these guys just looking at, like, a sheet where it's like, hey, if you're down by 18, you should go for two. Or if you're down by this, you should do that. Or are they actually, like, factoring in, like, game management situations? Like, that's what I don't really understand. And it doesn't make any sense. It It just doesn't. Take the points... And the Vikings, going back to the other game, are a perfect example because they're up 13 nothing. Yeah, and honestly, take the points and make your defense stop them so you don't have to get into a position where you're going to have to start going for two every time down the stretch. If your defense is making some plays and keeping it closer, you don't have to worry about sitting here and going for two. I mean, you, you want to talk about analytics and all this. You have to think about... Football is an offense and a defense game, and the different players play different sides. This isn't like basketball or baseball or hockey. You have guys who are specifically out there for defense and specifically out there for offense. So, I mean, that's my philosophy. Make the defense stop the guys, and then you don't have to worry about it. Yeah, so just to go back to the Vikings-Seahawks game for a second. the to, I don't know if we were talking about this off-pod or on-pod. But you said that the Vikings were up 13 nothing in that game. Yes, halftime. And, and then the uh, Seahawks came out gun blazers in the third quarter. Yeah. And uh, scored three straight touchdowns, so it was 21-13. The Vikings scored a touchdown with 3.39 left in the third quarter and make it 21-19, and they went for two, and they didn't get it. So perfect example where you just kick the extra point because there's a lot of time left in the game. The Seahawks are going to score again. You optimistically are going to score again. So I know hindsight's twenty twenty, but if the Vikings had just kicked the extra point and gone down 21-20, guess what? At the end of the game, when it's fourth and one and you kick the extra point, you go up nine and the game's over as opposed to going forward and not getting in and losing the game. Mm-hmm. So it just feeds right into my point. This is why you don't go for two. I just gave up so many examples, but the one that bothers me the most is when you could still be down two scores if you kick the extra point, but if you miss the two-point conversion, now you're down three scores again. And it's mm-hmm. like, why? Why, 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 why? Like, Yeah, I get it. Sorry, I, I watch it on Sundays and I see this stuff more and more and it just blows my mind. I'm with you. I'm with you. All right, let's keep going. A couple more things to just touch on. Let's get through real quick and then we'll get into the good part of the pod, the pets. Uh, Browns-Colts. Kind I just of... want to touch on that game because I feel like everyone and their mother, including me, was on the Colts. Oh, the Browns are fake. Uh, the Colts have the number one rated defense. And then I, I'm trying to figure out who we learn more about. Are, are the Browns good? Are the Colts playing a soft schedule as Phillip Rivers washed up? He had two INTs, including a pick six to start the second half. He had that safety on an intentional grounding in the end zone. I'm just like, damn, I've been telling you this guy's washed for three years. Defend your boy. Um... I'm not he really, can't. Back to me. Okay. I'm, I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not really going to say much about this because uh, it would be too much foreshadowing into my picks for this weekend. 
Uh, oh, great, Tuggins. Let's just move on from I this think, game. Uh, I think Philly Ribs is, you know, I think this is his last hurrah. He needs to just finish the season out. If something great happens, great. But if not, like, Philly, you're you're thrown to the wrong team, bro. Yeah, one thing I'll just say is, like, I, I understand Philly Rivers is out there, and I understand the Colts have a good roster, but... And once again, I know hindsight's twenty twenty, but I thought Jacoby Brissett did some pretty good things last year. He he had the team at five and two. They were in first place. He got banged up. Frank Reich's a good coach. Like I don't understand why you wouldn't just stick with Jacoby Brissett and keep developing him as opposed to going for Phillip Rivers for one year, what did they pay him? Twenty five, twenty eight million dollars. And then what's your long term plan? You're gonna go back to Brissett and be like, Hey, Jacoby, uh, I know you took a year off, but hey, you're a guy again or I mean, obviously you're trying to win now, so you're not going to get a draft pick to get a, a lights-out quarterback. Like, I don't understand the point of bringing Phil Rivers for one year and thinking he's the, the answer. Because, because I don't think Jacoby Brissett was right, Joe but, Flacco or someone where it's just like, dude, this guy needs to go. But they thought that Phillip Rivers and the name and the fact that he's been in the All league right. for a long period of time, they thought that he was a better option. I mean, think about it. Jacoby Brissett was a backup on New England. He's he a went, stringer. Right, behind Jimmy. He went to the Colts as a backup to Andrew Luck, and Andrew Luck's like, my back hurts, I'm retiring. And then Kobe's <laughs> like, oh, I got a job. Holler. You know, so. What are the chances we can get you to do a pod in the Andrew Luck accent for the rest of, for all, for all of next week? <laughs> well, I have to grow a neck beard and talk really deep for the whole thing. So. Well, uh, I think that uh, we had a good game out there today, and uh, yeah. I can't wait to get back into the gym and, and hit up next week. Yeah, more something or less. Something like that? More or less. Yeah, basically, something like that. Anyway, uh, let's move on to the last game of that 4 o'clock window. We already talked about the Giants-Cowboys, and I don't want to talk about it again, because it's going to nope. piss me off. Um, Are you talking about the lambasting that uh, happened out west? Yes. So, last week, we talked about our playoff picks, and I said that the Niners wouldn't make the playoffs. And I think they just have too many injuries, and I don't think Jimmy G is a carry the franchise type of quarterback. 100%. He is... I, I won't call him a game manager. I feel like that's a little insulting. That's an Alex Smith term. But you saw it in the NFC Championship game last year where they're like, hey, uh, what do you throw, eight passes? Like, we're just going to run the ball. And I get it. The other side of the argument would be like, well, if they can't stop us, why not just keep running the ball? I get it. I just don't think Jimmy G is good enough to carry the team, and I feel like the team's been decimated by injuries, specifically on the defensive side. And the strength of that team... I'm not breaking any news here. Was that D-line, and now they're all injured, and now suddenly... Or traded, because DeForest Buckner is now wearing the baby horse helmet. Okay, but Solomon Thomas, uh, D. Ford, uh, Bosa, they're all... I always mix with the Bosa's. Nick Bosa. Armstead is still there. He's healthy. Uh, I know... One guy. But now suddenly... Yeah, Bosa's gone. Now suddenly the back end has to cover a little bit longer. The back end without Richard Sherman. Dude, the cornerbacks. Did you see the guy Brian Allen they brought up from the practice squad getting roasted? And then you heard Shanahan in the... I mean, I get a lot more Niner info from my wife because she's a huge fan, but... You mention that every single week. Yeah, well, I mean, for all the new time listeners that we get on a weekly basis. True. Hell yeah. Cheers. So, Brian Allen, man. Dude got beat badly. You know what I feel like it is? Welcome Shanahan, to the NFL, son. Shanahan likes to make a lot of excuses for his players, I'm starting to realize. A lot of he was talking about, oh, Jimmy's ankle wasn't as good as it could have been. I, and I'm and, gonna and interrupt Brian you. Allen shouldn't have been brought up I'm off gonna the practice you. squad. I'm going to interrupt you right there. I have heard in Jimmy G's defense that if you have a high ankle sprain... It hurts like hell? Uh, sure. But when it comes to throwing the ball and planting your foot... 
you tend to sail throws. And if you look at some of Jimmy's throws last week, he mm-hmm. sailed them. Sure. So we'll see as that ankle gets a little bit better, although I know high ankle sprains tend to be annoying and lingering. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll see how that works out over the next couple of weeks. But uh, it seems like the analysis I heard on high ankle sprains from a quarterback viewpoint came to fruition last week a little bit with Jimmy G airmailing some throws. Okay. I mean, well, I, but I, there's I, no I, excuse for getting blown out forty three to seventeen in your own building when you went to the Super Bowl the last. Like, uh, okay, I understand you might lose, but there's losing, and then there's like, what the fuck just happened? Oh, oh, Fitz Magic. Yeah. <laughs> you know. I'm sorry. I still have not seen Tua on a sideline in a Dolphins uniform. Is there a story behind this, or am I just blind? I wouldn't be surprised if he was more injured than we thought. But, I mean, Justin Herbert looks pretty damn good, so if Tua got drafted in front of him, the Dolphins better know what they're doing, or this could be a oh, uh, yeah. one of those situations. The curse of Dan Marino. Think about how many franchises haven't had a great quarterback since one of their all-time greats. Yeah, we talked about that earlier. Mm-hmm. So The Jets are going on 50 years. <laughs> yeah, the Jets. Well, Joe Willie's like, put me on some shoulder pads. Give me some drink. I'll kiss, I love, I'll kiss Susie Colbert and go play. <laughs> I love that Joe name is still floating around. Yeah. He's got to be pushing 80. He's wearing his mink coats. You know, playboy that he is. I mean, you think about it, dude. That That's 1969. You're 51 years old this year if you were born in 1969. And he had to and, be at least 25. Yeah. You, you know what I'm saying? Right. So there you go. There he's 74 at minimum. Is that good math? 76? He's old. He, he OAF. Dan, get your abacus. Yeah. Oh! There you go. The Rangers did a solo home run. They're still down 7-2, and they're going to lose the series. But anyway, back to football. Kevin, is it the best time of the pod? Is this the best time of the week? No, the best time of the week is 3.30 on Sundays. Ah, well. This is the best time of the pod. All right, all right, all right. Three and P. Here we go. So let's just recap. Huh. Yeah. Go ahead. Let's go through our actual picks. Just we're not real quick. we're not having the best of seasons thus far. But Who'd you have last week, Kev? I picked it up late last season, and now I'm figuring out the league. So, all right, good. Who'd you have last week? Are you interrupting me because I'm rambling too much? Welcome to my life. Yeah, I had the Colts as the Jew. Yeah, we just talked about them That's with the terrible. Browns. I had Washington plus seven and a half, just sitting there with my fingers in my mouth every time. Poor Alex Smith dropped back the pass. He got sacked like 900 times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we were all holding our breath like, don't kill him! Aaron Donald literally had four sacks in that game. Yeah, I know. And I had the Vikings, who despite their stupid decisions and analytic expertise, covered the seven points. Good. So I was one and two, and I had the Giants... And the under of 54, because I was rambling last week about how I'd never thought the game would go over 54. And look at the Giants throwing up 34 all by themselves. And yeah, then, after they had dropped nine spots in the previous two weeks. So, uh, yeah, it went to 71, so I was only off by, I don't know, three scores. I had Philly plus seven. Uh, like I said, we got talked about late. this earlier. Got burned late, yes. Colts even, as Kevin mentioned. And Cincy plus 13. I've come to realize something about Baltimore, but I won't tell you guys quite yet. But I did hit my parlay. Three and two on the parlays this year. And you know what? I even told Kevin, I parlayed Philly plus seven and Cincy plus 13 uh, early on and got burned on that when I should have just parlayed my parlay and then I would have won on my parlay. I'll parlay that into my parlay. (laughs) No, two things. Uh, Yeah, Baltimore 
I don't know if this is what you learn on them or not. We'll find out, when I guess, when you make your picks. Baltimore beats up on crappy teams. And, hey, newsflash, since he was 2-14 and 14 last year. <laughs> and then the second thing is, next week, I, we didn't talk about this prior to this pod. Next week, we should just have you make four parlay picks. Yes. And, then, and, then see, and then see how that oh goes. Oh, my God. I mean, let's think about it. If you bet 100 on each parlay, you win 260. So you'd only have to go... Yeah, geez, I'd have uh, I'd have a uh, well. If you went two, I'd and have a thousand and forty bucks after that. I'd be balling, baller status. I have to figure out some of the math on that, but maybe Dan would just make parlay picks, and then you only have to do half the. Considering amount of I was zero and eight until I hit my first parlay, I think in week nine last year. But... All right, let's get into the bets. Let's do it. Let's do this quick. Let's get through it. <laughs> You're fired up tonight. You I go love first. It. Well, uh, beverage just has something to do with it. I mean. Let's be honest with our, our listeners. I'm five and ten on the year, and you're five nine and one. Yes. So Dan's got a half game lead on me. I yeah. wish we were ten and five and ten four. I and know, one. right? Why can't we just be like that? Because then we wouldn't be uh, doing this pod for fun. We'd be in Vegas, sit up in some friggin' presidential suite with a couple of cocktails. Uh, yeah. So I'll st- I get to go first. You do since you were uh, your show. last week. Yeah, yeah and that. <laughs> My favorite bet of the week and my first bet of the week is the Pittsburgh Steelers minus three. I think it's up to three and a half now. I'll take them up to four. At home against the Cleveland Browns. A couple things. Yeah, it's it's definitely at least three and a half. The Browns love to run the ball. A, they're without Nick Chubb. B, the Steelers are the best run defense in the NFL. Hmm. C, the Steelers also have a good blitzing pass rush. So if they put the game in the hands of Baker Mayfield, which, please Cleveland, please do that, I have all the confidence in the world that Baker will make mistakes, the Steelers will turn it into points. This is your classic big brother, little brother uh, example. First time the two teams have met since the Miles Garrett incident. Yeah, and uh, I just... This is my favorite bet of the week. This might be my favorite bet of the year. Well, actually, my favorite bet of the year was Detroit week one, and they lost to Chicago. So, no, I'm just kidding. But this might be my favorite bet of the year. <laughs> uh, Steelers at home. Beckham might not play. Chubb's already out. Uh, I feel like the Browns are a little banged up, and I feel like the Steelers keep on rolling at home. Give me the Steelers minus three and a half, maybe four. Dan? Kev? What is your first bet? First bet of the weekend is getting back to what you alluded to about three and a half minutes ago. Baltimore does beat up on garbage teams, and guess who they're playing this weekend? The hapless one and three and one Fuggles. Wow, okay. So I'm taking, and I saw this at seven and a half a day or two ago when I saw it, so I got Baltimore minus seven and a half. For some sites, it might be up to about nine right now. But if you can get it lower or tease it down, Baltimore 7.5. My first thing here, Baltimore beats up on crap teams, and the Eagles are a crap team. More or less less what you said. Yes. They tied the Bengals. Need I say more? Anyway, their O-line is banged up, and Baltimore's defense is only giving up 15 points per game. Baltimore rushes the passer really well. I have a feeling Carson Wentz is going to be running around quite a bit in this game. Eagles are 1-4 against the spread this year and going nowhere fast. The only person in the slower lane is the Giants. Only chance to play on Thursday Night Football next week. (laughs) Oh my God, who do we have? Giants-Eagles, that's what I'm saying. Oh God. 
Anyway, it's going to be a blackout in Philly with no fans. Uh, only chance they have is a home playoff game in the NFC least, which will turn into a one and done for whoever wins that division. So for this week, I will take Lamar and the boys lambasting the Eagles seven and a half. That's a head and a heart bet. That's a big number to lay. Yes, but if you would you like to know in Baltimore's wins what their average margin of victory was? Uh, oh, Kevin's hold on, folks. 19. Kevin, Kevin is about to tell us. Oh, I don't know. I, I I don't have like the exact margin of victory. All I can do is I can tell you they beat the the Washington by two touchdowns. They beat the Texans by three touchdowns, and they beat the Browns thirty eight to six. So that's more like. That's almost five touchdowns. It's not a real murderer's row schedule. Yeah, well, I mean, the Eagles are 1-5-1. One, and one. Let me get one, to my one. second bet of the week. Oh. Another bet. Please I tell me it's the Eagles. Also love. Is it the Eagles? No. Oh. It's the Rams of Los Angeles. Really? Laying Oh, this is three. going against everything that Colin Cowherd stands for. I'll get to that in a minute. What do I but, care what he thinks? So, I'm laying the three points with the Rams. Do tell why. What's the Niners' record? Two and three. Who, Who are their two wins? The Giants and the Jets. How many wins do the Giants and the Jets have? Okay, they have done. Okay, so that's enough. Right there, I saw the Rams play the Niners last year and lose by three points against the lights-out 49ers with all that talent. And I just think the Niners are a team with the arrow pointing down, and I feel like the Rams will... Easily, easily take care of the Niners. So now you're loving Jared Goff. I don't love him. But but they got rid of Todd Gurley and now they're going to easily handle them? The Niners have a, a B-squad team. Yes, their offense is back. They're a little banged up. But I don't think their defense can stop the Rams. The way they stop the Rams is to get pressure in Jared Goff's face. Who are they getting pressure with? Not one on that D-line. It's their B-squad. Give me the Rams. Minus three. Alright. Tell me if the Niners is one of your picks. I disagree with you on that. I, I do not. I disagree with you on that, but... Oh, I totally disagree with you on the Ravens-Eagles, but oh, okay. I wasn't going to start no, that's fine. lambasting your hey, picks. Hey, listen, man. We went head-to-head a few weeks ago. Fucking tell me. I don't care. I got I got balls. I don't give a shit if you're uh, not liking my picks. This is basically the, the Niners Super Bowl. They were 8-0 and last year, and now they're 2-3. and so if they don't win this, this is it. Like two and four with that division, they're done. Look, I'll just say this real quick. The Niners with their stacked roster last year played a lot of close games, specifically in the division. Cardinals, Seahawks. We all over the Seahawks games last year. The Cardinals they didn't exactly blow out and the Rams games were close too. So now they're playing with a depleted squad in the same division. Give me the Rams. What's your second pick? <laughs> Um, hold on, I gotta find it. Hang on, let me... (laughs) Okay, so, my second pick. The Kansas City Chiefs, minus three and a half. Again, I saw this two days ago. Three and a half. Another pick I hate. Go ahead. Against the Bills? Okay. I feel like this is just easy money. (laughs) KC is coming off a loss, first of all. Love that. In the division, playing the Bills on a short week when the personnel on Kansas City is just so much better than Buffalo. And now you're going to throw in Le'Veon Bell. I get Sammy Watkins is not going to play. Fine. Patty's there. Kelsey's there. You got Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. You got Tyree Kill deep. You got Andy Reid. The Bills, who were favored by three, got 
blasted by a team that hadn't even practiced in two weeks. Because the Bills played a couple of early tomato can games, too. Dan? Kev? Talking about, we're talking about practice? <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I had to. Go ahead. I sent you that emoji this week when we were having this discussion. Look, I mean, come on. Are, are we seriously talking about if we think Casey is not going to win this week? And for three and a half, which is what I saw it at when it first came out on Tuesday, Wednesday, whatever the hell it was. I mean, come on. If he's if if Le'Veon Bell is even a shell of what he was in Pittsburgh, I think it's going to be a real easy game. Mahomes and the boys get it done. The Bills came out. Nice story. Josh Allen. Josh Allen is the quarterback who has the most passing yards, more average per game this year than last year at over a hundred. But at the end of the day, I mean, you know, he he's got Stephon Diggs and short round Beasley, like John Brown. Yeah, I mean, sure, you got John Brown, you got that Singletary who didn't even play that much last game. So, uh, give me the champs minus three and a half all day. It's gonna be a it's gonna be a bloodbath in Buffalo. You know, I looked at this game and I couldn't figure out which way I wanted to go with it because I kind of like the Bills at home, but. At the same time, the Chiefs coming off a loss, so obviously I stayed away from it. Kev, you also but liked the I, Bills the other night. No, I didn't. Remember to pull up that text message you sent me? I didn't bet it. Oh. It was a guess. So, I have a feeling this is going to be that game where, I mean, obviously one of these teams is losing two games in a row, right? And I was trying to, I was trying to picture in my head what the narrative would be. Are the Chiefs for real? Or I'm sorry, are the Bills for? <laughs> I'm sorry, are the Bills for real? Or uh, are the Chiefs doomed to repeat or whatever, doomed to win the division? You know, if the Raiders win, the Raiders will be in first. Granted, the Chiefs lose, blah, blah, right, blah. Right, right, right. So, actually, the Raiders aren't by, so never mind. But um, I, I was trying to look at the headlines, like look ahead and see what I thought it could be. But I stayed away from this game. I think it'll be a good game. I think it's worth uh, definitely watching and well thanks kev it'll that's be that's why the nfl puts this on tv no it, so you don't like my bet it'll definitely be a great you're game. gonna be wrong it'll definitely be a great game uh i stay away from it i didn't have a strong opinion either way let's get to my third bet my third pick dan is the team we started off the pod with the dallas cowboys oh. at home on monday night getting a point and a half really Tell me why. A, you alluded to it earlier. I don't think Andy Dalton is that much of a drop-off from Dak. B, the Cowboys are now a first-place team and motivated in a shitty division. And C, let's take a look who the Cardinals beat. Last week they beat the Jets. How many wins do they have? We just we just played this game with the Niners. Mm-hmm. You didn't answer the question. Zero. Okay. They beat the Washington football team. One. Or as we call them, the Dubs. The Dubs. And then the first week of the season, they beat the Niners. Which is, A, a good matchup for them because they hung tough with them in two games last year with Kyler. And, B, we just went into illicit detail about how banged up the Niners are. Mm -hmm. They've lost to the Carolina Panthers and a team that I'm forgetting... (laughs) But nonetheless, Dan, look that up for me, would you? I will certainly do Help that brother for you, out. sir. They lost to the Panthers and... The, the Lions. Lions at home. Yeah, not exactly world beaters. Mm-hmm. I would say the Dallas Cowboys fall into the category of good, not great, not exactly world beaters. So, I'm going to take the Cowboys at home and will probably be an emotional game and their first game back from Dak and they'll probably be all, 
who hopped up to play okay. their best game. And I think myself included was a little overhyped on the Arizona Cardinals out of the gate because they were this team's quote unquote sexy pick and they got off to a hot start and then they've kind of teetered off a little bit. And anyone that beats the Jets, I I still have my reservations on because they're the Jets. So mm-hmm. give me the Cowboys mm-hmm. at home on Monday night. Dogs on Monday night, love it. Dallas Cowboys, pick three. I'm going through another this week. I'm gonna be eight and ten. Kev? Back to you, Dan. If you're going three and zero this week, I'm gonna have a tough week because I completely disagree with you. You got sucked into the Arizona juju, and you're going with Arizona as your third yeah, pick. Well, let me let, let me bring up some of the facts that you just brought up against me. Dallas is two and three, and Dallas has two wins. Who is Dallas beaten? The zero and five Giants and the zero and five Falcons. Both at home, which is where they are Monday night. Go ahead. Okay. First of all, if Dan Quinn wasn't just doing Dan Quinn stuff, there's no reason that Atlanta should have won that game. Don't even get me started on that. I'm sorry. Again. Is, is this your third pick? Yes. Okay. So yes. Arizona? Yes. Crossfire? Yes. Nice. Yes. Some, yes. Someone's not going to go in three this week. That is correct. Okay. It's me. <laughs> so, so, sure. So. So, do do, so, we, do so, we really so, think so, Andy Dalton so, is going to save so. the... <laughs> I will smack you. Do we really think Andy Dalton is going to save the Cowboys? Yes. Okay. Stop. Ginger Nation Unite. You've mud way too many whatever you're drinking's over there. I don't. I've seen too much of him to think that he's going to be any different now than he was on Cincy. Let me ask you a question. I'm sorry, whose turn is it to speak? You interrupt me all the time, so get used to it. Were you not the same guy who said You guys 45... might listen to the first wrestling match <laughs> on the Rambler and the Gambler if he doesn't stop drinking. Weren't you the same guy that said 45 minutes ago that I don't think Andy Dalton is that much of a downgrade from Dak? Right. Okay, carry I would I would have taken Arizona minus one and a half, or plus, was it minus plus? I don't know. Yeah, minus one and a half <laughs> against look, Dak, too. Look at your notes there, buddy. I think it's an overreaction to Dak's injury. Okay. Carry on with your That's fine. With your handicap. I'm sorry. Kev, if the Giants offense can throw up 34 against Dallas, what do you think Kyler Murray and the number one reception and yards leader plus Kenyon Drake and the defense of Arizona are going to do? <laughs> Hey, Kenyon Drake. Kenyon Drake. He went to Bama, bro. I'm telling you. Tell me the last time Kenyon Drake got 100 yards. I'm telling you. Actually, I'll look it up for you. You can do that. Um, Cowboys have talented players. They threw up 23 points against the Lions defense. Kev, they overlooked that game. And the Lions, you know, kind of got up and tell them. Okay. It's Monday Night Football. Okay. God, I can't wait till next week on the pod when I'm like, hey, Kev, remember last week when you were fucking wasted and you were sitting here getting all mouthy? Damn, how did you feel? How do you feel about the twenty-eight to fifth, uh, fourteen? Maybe we should have a, Maybe we should have a Facebook live post during the Monday Night Football game this week. Okay. Kev D Hop's leading the league in receptions and yards, and we all saw last week what the Cowboys' defense allowed to the Giants. Cowboys are also fun fact. 0-5 against the spread this year. A big goose. And, uh, and they have also beat two teams who have no wins. So the fact that you're even on the cow chickens boggles my mind. A, it's sea chickens. B, no, it's anybody who I want it to be chickens because I made that up. All right, KFC. Listen, Colonel Sanders. The 
Cowboys are 0-5 against the spread. It strengthens my point. No one goes 0-16 against the spread. Right, but it ain't going to happen this is, weekend. The spread is designed to have teams go 8-8. Eight eight. That's Kev, why there's big buildings Kev, in Vegas. Kev. Kenyon Drake's rushing yards, 60, 86, 73, 35, 60. Right, so respectable, except for that 30 spot. Respectable. So first of all, they're a pass-first team. Who's the leading rusher on that team? The quarterback, Kyler. Great, so when he gets knocked out in the second quarter. You're crazy. You're crazy. Dan. Kev, what are you doing Monday night? I'm coming over. I might watch Jerry Maguire because Rod Tidwell (laughs) had a a Monday night breakout game against the Cowboys. Kev, you're nuts. All day, all day long, give me Arizona. I can just picture, first of all, do you know who the worst quarterback is? Listen to Machismo. (laughs) Do you know who the worst quarterback is in primetime besides Kirk Cousins? Andy fucking Dalton. I'm telling you, it's going to be... Bad. You can take your Cowboys, I'll take the Cardinals, and we'll see who's right next please week call, on the pod. Please don't call them my Well, let's stop picking your Cowboys. Let's go. I got I got shit to do. My Cowboys? Yeah. You got to pick Philly last week. Yeah, and they fucked me, so fuck them. So what did I do? I bet Baltimore minus seven <laughs> this week. And you know what? Philly's going to fuck you again. That's what Philly does. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's true. I don't know why I bet honor against teams I hate. Anyway... Bears, Falcons, Chargers. I'm not touching them for the rest of the year. If I do it, whoever's listening. Wait, wait, hold on. You're not going to pick them, or you're not going to pick. I'm not going to pick paying. on them against them. If they're in oh, a game, okay. if they're in a game, I'm out. Bears, Phillies, Chargers. No, Bears, Falcons, Chargers. Bears, Falcons, Chargers. Because chargery things happen. That's a that's a a term I quoted. And what did the Chargers do last week? All right. Do your do your thing, because I got a I got a a parlay that you're going to love. Imagine if it was the same as my parlay. It's not. How do you know? I'm just guessing. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to take... This is another team that's about to go onto that list if they don't hit this parlay. The <laughs> <laughs> Bears! Oh, wait, they're already on the list. No, right? you're close, though. The Lions. <laughs> I'm, All right. I'm laying the three on the road with the Lions, which... Who are they even playing? Jacksonville. Okay. Oh, God. Which... I'm sick of hearing everyone in the national media being like, oh, you know, teams that go to Florida melt down in the heat, especially if they're from the north, blah, blah, blah. Can we um, take a look at the Jacksonville Jaguars? They won week one. You're absolutely right, Dan. I don't remember who they beat, but they definitely won. They beat the Colts, because I had the Colts in a survivor pool, so <laughs> obviously that's how that goes every single effing year. Uh. Um, yeah, so... Let's look at the Jaguars. Okay. They're one and four. They're a big cat with a couple of spots <laughs> on them. <laughs> They're one and four. They're yeah. hot garbage. They they did beat the Colts in week one and hung tight with the Titans in week two. Then they got blown out on Thursday night football by the Dolphins 31-13. They lost to the Bengals for their first win. And then last week they lost to the Texans for their first win. So I see a team that is trending... Down, down, down. And it's the same thing that happened last year. They put in Minshew, had a couple good games, and then as the league got to learn him, they started to tail off, and I see the same thing going this year. Let's not forget the Jacksonville Jaguars were the, is this team tanking? Can they go 0-16? Are they going to get Trevor Lawrence? Blah, 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 prior to week one. And now they're playing the Lions, who are coming off a week of rest, and... Don't get me wrong. The Lions aren't exactly the best team going. 
However, they are coming off a bye week. They do have Matt Stafford. They can put up points, and I just don't see that the Jaguars matching them point for point. So I'm going to take the Lions laying three on the road and over 54. Okay. Kev? <coughs> Dan? <coughs> We're about to have some fireworks. Barney at the bar. You know why? Because fucking Houston's got the bases loaded in the eighth, and they're already up 7-2. But anyway. God, I thought you were going to say, because you were going Jacksonville in the under. That would have made me so excited. What was your best bet of the weekend in the year? The oh, st- my God. Please tell me you're taking the Browns. I am taking the Browns! Oh, my God. Now I feel so much better on my bet. Wow. Jesus Christ, Dan. Guess, tell me why. Guess who's 5-9-1 and one and who's 5-10. <laughs> Congratulations, you're the tallest midget. Oh, boy. Okay. <laughs> I am taking... <laughs> Let's just keep drinking. Oh, my God. I watched an extensive video... Research on Cleveland.com. <laughs> and I found the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is picking the Browns this week. Please, give me some statistics <laughs> on Baker Mayfield. Okay. I can't wait. Okay, 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 okay. Husa. <laughs> I'm taking Cleveland plus three and a half. Oh my god! And oh, <laughs> and over fifty point five. Oh my god! <laughs> this the Browns game... are going to score ten points. How many of the Steelers are going to score? <laughs> this game forty six ten. Will you shut up? <laughs> this game really. I'm so excited. <laughs> this game really interests me. Okay. Me too now. <laughs> so. <laughs> you're such a dick. <laughs> All right. I'm sure you did some research. Give me some stats. Tell me why I'm okay. wrong. Neither has played any sort of world beater opponents. The best win between both of the teams was the Browns beating the 3-1 and Colts last week. Pittsburgh has beaten a bunch of garbage teams. What are you talking about? They beat the Giants. <laughs> yeah. 0 oh, 5. They got the Broncos 1 and 4. They got the Texans 1 and 4. And they got the Eagles 1 3 and 1. Congratulations. Okay. I just feel like there's a lot more to this game than the big brother, little brother, Steelers, Browns. You know, the Browns have rattled off four in a row after losing in the first week. This is the first time they're playing since the Miles Garrett incident last year with. Uh, Whatever that Mason backup, Rudolph. Yes, whatever that backup quarterback's name is, Mason Rudolph. And I just feel like tensions are going to be high. And I don't think that it's going to be a blowout like Kevin seems to think. Oh, my God. Pittsburgh, I mean, Kev, they haven't shown me anything yet. They beat a bunch of crap teams. Like, granted, and I mean, a lot of them were at home, too. Like, they beat the Giants in Giants Stadium. Excuse me, MetLife Stadium, since we have to share it with the fucking pitiful Jets. Anyway, I'm really taking this number because of the half point. If it was three or two and a half Pittsburgh, I'd probably be like, all right, you know what, Pittsburgh. But three and a half, it's like there's that possibility it could be tied late, you know, field goals. I I just, I don't know. I think it's a field goal game either way. The points per game uh, for and against between both teams are really similar. I think it's going to be high scoring and close. Um, I think a lot of people are on Baker Mayfield's ass and saying he's crap and he can't do anything. And yes, they're a run first team. 
Um, you know, Beckham's had a nice season so far. Landry's had a nice season. I know that you said, oh, man, he hit the upright with the freaking thing. 57 for college, and he hit the upright pretty high. Is that part of your handicap? No, but I'm just trying to get back to what we were talking about. All right, we'll get back to it. So, listen, I am glad we're going against each other. I like the fact that you and me don't talk about our picks prior to the pod because it just makes this so much better. I know. I'm all about it. Um... Cleveland, give me three and a half. I mean, look, I could be wrong. I could come in next week on the pod, and it could be 31 to 10 Steelers. I mean, God, I hope so. But Big Ben's like freaking 36. And, uh, you know, Deontay Johnson, who's on my fantasy team, has already been ruled out. I know Claypool He's put up. the fifth-round receiver. Who cares? I know Claypool has put up a monster game last week, but you know that's not going to happen every week now. Juju. You, you know Juju, yes. You know Juju's going to get in there and put James up his Washington. numbers. James Washington was I'm shit gonna last year. Up the whole I had him. I don't need you to because I watch football too, periodically. So uh, I don't think he's going to be all that great. I feel like Miles Garrett and that old, uh, the D-line is going to get uh, some pressure on Ben, who, by the way, is old and fat and big, and he's not too mobile. So that's my pick. I'm sticking with it. I know it's not a popular choice, but I'm doing it anyway because that's what makes this interesting. Kev, you look like you need a nap. You're a clown, bro. I can't wait. You're a clown, bro. I can't wait. Next week when we open the pod, Kevin's going to be like, hello, 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 because I'm going to have you in a fucking headlock. (laughs) Anyway. That's where we're at. The Green Wave is about to beat the Mustangs of SMU. And the Pittsburgh Steelers are about to beat the Browns Shut of Cleveland. Up. Everyone enjoy so, that beatdown this weekend. Anyway, we got two head-to-heads. I got Arizona laying a point and a half on the road, and I got the Browns getting three and a half uh, on the road. Kevin's going the opposite way. He's got a couple other picks, which probably won't hit either. But Fuck yeah. <laughs> but, but we... <laughs> We're going to start doing these things, Kevin. Honestly, if we start doing this Friday mornings and we're this loaded, people are going to start asking questions. But Friday night, 930, it's a little bit more respectable. So, cheers. Good luck this week. Let's see what happens. I hope you go one and two. Yeah, well, I hope you don't win anything. Go fuck yourself. (laughs) Enjoy the games this weekend. I can't wait for Monday Night Football now. I'm coming over. Or you're coming over. You know what? We'll go to a neutral site. Is there any bars around here that are actually open? (laughs) Probably not. We'll figure that out later. Everyone enjoy the games this weekend. Thank you for listening. As always, the Rambler and the Gambler. Hit us up on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your pods. Listen, rate, review, give us a thumbs up, five stars, tell your friends. Thank you for listening. Forget that. Cash your bets. Enjoy your games this weekend and enjoy your bets this weekend. I will talk to everyone next week. Dan? Yes. Say goodbye to everyone. Goodbye, everyone.